0: what is up y'all what is good this is miss larae's podcast i am tuning in with you on the next episode this is the hr q a session that i've been talking about on my instagram page which you already should know it is m-i-s-s-l-a underscore r-a-e underscore podcast happy new year to everybody it is 2020 clap it up for that I am glad to have made it to another year, guys. I have done many things in this year, and I just wanna say thank you to everybody who's been supporting the podcast, who's been supporting the content that I've put out so far. I am continuing to try to bring you that great content as we are the number one in inspirational, cultural, and social awareness podcasting. Clap it up for that, woo! I am excited to do this episode as this is an area that I am educated in and I work in. I've been working in and actually my professional life or whatever for about six years, human resources. Um, I worked at UNC for about three to four years, uh, the big university, UNC Chapel Hill. And then now I work at another company, which is an insurance brokerage firm. So still in human resources, just different um, institutions, uh, different company and different um Um, industry but still in HR or also known as human resources all right so I had posted something on my Instagram about that our accomplishments that we built in 2019 does not have to be washed away just because it's now what 2020 With it being 2020, yes, it is a new year for us to become restored, for us to become renewed, for us to have another chance to get it right, to do better, to grow better, to march to the end of our goals. But the reality is, we know it's a marathon, right? So at the end of the day, we have to take things in stride. And so the reason why I posted that is because I myself had to remind me of that, the fact that I started a podcast, let's just go in 2019. I started a podcast uh, about four months ago. I've had different guests on. Uh, one of my guests, I'm actually wearing their shirt for The Sipper Lounge. The Sipper's Lounge, I'm sorry. Uh, he is a beverage consultant, Brandon L. Uh, he is one of the episodes that I had. And... With that being said, it makes me realize that I've done something, right? Sometimes we feel like we haven't gotten far. Sometimes we feel like we're not really doing a lot. But you can definitely look back in 2019. Some things that I would like to see push for, pushing for it with the podcast is awesome great episodes content more people to interview more amazing people to be able to learn and learn their businesses and their business ventures their abilities and what they can do and also be able to maybe gravitate my podcast to a point where I'm more on the go and not so in a studio or in a set location that's why now you see me I'm at home this is my um episode where it's a solo episode i haven't done a solo episode in a very long time and now we are at that point again so um i'm just trying to do different things do more solo episodes you can kind of get more up close and personal with me your host miss laray versus just always doing interviews but i enjoy doing interviews i did an interview with an actor slash director slash production um and he created a movie called Homecoming, he just released it on New Year's Day. So when you are seeing this, it is already out. Go check it out on Homecoming. Uh, The YouTube channel that he has is Eric Davis. That is E-R-R-I-C-K. Shout out to him. That was my last episode I did. I did another episode with um, a makeup artist. Her name is Kizzy, Ashley Kizzy. And she also has a eye makeup on the go company that is called I Adore Me. Where she will come to your location. She will pull up on you at your house and pay... Uh, close attention to the details of your your skin and your face as she embellishes it with amazing makeup artistry. Then I also did an interview with Keisha, um, LaKeisha Jefferson. She is the one who had an art to go um, company where she does paint parties and different events that are in relations to that on the go as well. So I also did a music artist, Rico Rock. Shout out to him, he just dropped a video and it is going viral. Go check him out. Um, You can check him out on his um, Instagram page. It is Rico Rock. And I feel like he is also on YouTube as well. So just type in Rico Rock and anything pertaining to him as an artist should pop up. It's not many people with his rap name, it's unique. I love it and I'm loving the new song he dropped. Shout out to you for that Rico. i think that also let me not forget uh, another music artist goes by the name of king kai i did an interview with him as well check him out on instagram as well i'm not sure if he has a youtube but regardless of what i did an interview with him check out our interview check out the music that he has he put out a song recently called true writer it's been doing very well as well and also be sure to check in and tune in for other new artists coming up i'm not going to share the list I have a long list, I always have a long list because I always have so many people I wanna interview and get to know and bring on the show to bring great content, not for me, not for them, but for who? You, Clap it up for that, all right? So you will see more of me also. I want to have a debut night where I'm always on and uh, I'm dropping my episode on that exact night. I'm in between, I'm in between, and maybe you guys can leave a comment after this video is over. Please leave a comment and let me know, should I do it on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m.? No, I'm sorry, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday at 7 p.m., or should I do it Thursday? nights at 7 p.m. which one which nights are you more than likely going to be interested in hearing from miss larae let me know in the comment section below also feel free to go on my instagram channel and give me some feedback on that time and date as well shout out to all my instagram followers and supporters shout out to my facebook supporters and followers i feel like you guys also in 2019 have been really giving me support and I truly truly love that I want to start giving more support back to the people who support me so that's another thing I would like to accomplish that I didn't get to do as much in 2019 like I wanted to get t-shirts printed up so that you could purchase merch from me and have that Miss podcast on your body or uh, any tours we're gonna be having upcoming tours that's another thing I want to talk about so I wanted to do a tour a podcasting tour and not just me other fellow podcasters in the city and around in surrounding areas that will be coming to you soon as well. I'm hoping that that will be this year in 2020. I have another another expo that's coming up i'm not going to tell you the full details of everything yet but it's a lot of stuff i really want to bring to you guys i didn't get to do in 2019 but i promise you it's coming in 2020. it may not be every single thing because i always have like so many ideas i want to carry out but i am going to carry out what i can and when i do i promise you you guys will be satisfied all right i also had victoria nicole from k great advocacy she was awesome as well we talked about Domestic Violence, that whole episode was dedicated towards that time of the month in October where Domestic Violence Awareness Month took place. We talked about a lot of deep detail red flags for anybody who may be dating an abuser or also maybe thinking that they are in an abused relationship and how to identify um, that those signals and those those red flags and also how to avoid dating someone who is an abuser. Um, so that you don't end up in a domestic violent relationship. We um, definitely expressed some personal stories on that episode, and I think that it touched a lot of people. Um... What else didn't happen in 2019? I, I wanna purchase a home. That's really something I wanna do. I'm hoping to be able to actually do an episode on real estate. I've learned a lot about real estate. It's kind of like a venture I wanna go into um, so far as making money and like having stability with my finances and things, but um, it didn't happen in 2019. It was a lot of things that I didn't really get to do in 2019 when it came to that, but um, I am speaking it, declaring and decreeing it that in 2020, I will have that, the home that God has, uh, in store for me and, and, and is going to bless me with. Um, so what else happened in 2019 that I feel like I need to still do in 2020, um, lose weight (laughs) i feel like i need to go to the gym more often eat healthier and stop just being lazy and not really getting you know this fat off my body i know i'm not like huge but i just want to tone up i want my body to be a1 so that whenever i step out i feel like yes you you rocking that dress you rocking that outfit not that i don't think i still don't but I can tell I've put on a few pounds as we all can tell that about ourselves from time to time you know if it you know a little weight comes on um but regardless of what um we can all jump bounce back from that we can all you know get in that gym and do what it do okay so might act like you want to be leaning to the side lean back over (laughs) anyway um so that is my my reaction to the post that I put on Instagram if you did not see that post please feel free to go on my Instagram channel uh, Instagram page I'm sorry and go on there and leave a comment what accomplishment That this is what the question was and you can also actually you know what comment on this video so you got two things I want you to comment should I drop start dropping my episodes every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. or every Thursday night at 7 p.m. and what accomplishments in 2019 did you have that you thought you were going to be able to accomplish but it just didn't happen yet but you still want to accomplish it and you want to speak into existence for 2020 this is your time to do it there is nothing wrong with pressing on and pressing forward with the same goal we have to see things into i believe completion And the only way you can see something into completion is is by not giving up. The reality is, if this is a marathon, then that means that you're going to have different stops, different pauses, different delays, you're going to speed up some, you may slow down some, but as long as you keep going you will get to the finish line. It may take longer than others, it may not. It may take faster, quicker than others, but enjoy the ride. And if you are able to kind of identify what those different things are year by year and kind of track your progression and your progression, not somebody else's progression, not what somebody else thinks you should be doing, not what somebody else thinks you should be accomplishing, when they think you should accomplish it, whatever you feel like you can do, do it. And if it happens to be that you had the same goal five, ten years ago, and it still hasn't come into fruition, guess what? Giving up doesn't help. Giving up doesn't help. And so that's the next thing I want to go into is laws of attraction. I know this seems such a like such a a obvious you know topic when you're talking about attracting positive things into your life. It's something I've really had to dig deep inside of um one of the things that i learned from one of my good family members that we're like we're really close and we were having this talk about even just like um things that we want to accomplish things what we want in our lives we have to live and and speak as if what we are desiring is already here if it is a house it's already here if it is a business it's already here function like what Ever you want is already here, but also treat the things that you currently have as though they're going to get bigger. Treat them like they're already big. The bigger you treat everything that you have in your life and the better you treat it, the bigger and better it will grow. The bigger you speak into it, the bigger and better it will grow. The energy you put behind the abilities of what you can do, it all depends on God. But God also likes us to give our gratefulness for what he's already done for us. And he says that the tongue, the tongue is powerful. So if the tongue is powerful, then all we have to do is attract it by our tongue. If I want to have a studio where I can have other podcasters rent out my studio, we can build some, some uh, content together, we can make this into a whole, a whole business of podcasters, right? I have to speak that into existence. I have to act as if that's already there meaning i should already be building up my podcasters it should be like okay i already got my team why because you have to be in the moments of preparation so once you speak it now you must start preparing because if you don't prepare when it does come are you gonna be ready we can want it but are we ready for it so that goes into another thing of god is not going to give us more than what we can bear you know so people say that one way of he's not going to put too many hard times or struggles on us more than what we can bear. But also, he's not going to give us more than what we can bear. If, if I can't maintain a, a $200,000 home then I don't really need to be in a $200,000 home. Can I be in a $100,000 to $150,000 home and still be fine with the financial budget that I work off of, that I live off of, then that is fine. But do not get upset if you want that $200 home and it's just not there yet. So what? It's a marathon. You got the $150,000 home, that's a blessing within itself. You know, everybody is not blessed to be able to even make that milestone. So always remember that it can always be worse. Anything can always be better and anything can always be worse. If there's something that you feel like is not manifesting how you think it should just know it can always be worse there's somebody who doesn't have anywhere to live today there's somebody who doesn't have a vehicle to drive tomorrow there's somebody who doesn't even know what their next meal is coming from and so we have to be grateful that it could be worse not saying that we don't have the ability to grind and have more. We do, but what we have to do is appreciate what we first currently have, and secondly, we can then bridge into speaking things into existence. But if we're gonna speak things into existence, we have to show Him, we have to show God that we are able to maintain it, that we're able to sustain it. Because if we can't sustain or maintain, then how are we gonna consider ourselves having it? You had it, but do you, you had it, <laughs> but do you have it? And that goes in all areas of life, not, not to, to be uh, too, too funny about this, but to be honest about it. That goes into relationships. You had something that you were able to obtain. Difference between obtaining and maintaining. You were able to obtain this relationship, but what are you putting, what are you feeding that relationship to maintain it? And that comes with preparation. I truly believe that. I'm no relationship expert at all. But Laws of Attraction says that I can attract it. Can I maintain it as well? And so that's what my additional input on it is as well. But laws of attraction has been something I'm really trying to work on in 2020. I want to really attract all positivity. It is okay, guys, that if you and another person, another friend, another family member, another significant other are not vibing out like you wish you could, maybe it's time to take a break. Never let someone or something get so heavy in your life that you cannot succeed you are your only gatekeeper to success so therefore also you have to attract what you want if you want to be a good friend and you know you've been a good friend and that person just doesn't doesn't have that quality, you can't make that happen. But nine times out of 10 with laws of attraction, if you, you have to be what you want. If you want a good friend, you have to be a good friend. If you want a good boss, you have to be a good boss. If you want a, a, a great company, you have to be that great company. If you want great employees, you have to be the person that is that great employee. Because how do you know what's great about something if you are not Action, acting and actually functioning in that realm you know what I mean um, but anyway I've talked about the different accomplishments that I Had in 2019, want to carry on into 2020. I've talked about laws of attraction. Now let's get into the Q&A session. I just wanted to give something inspirational to you guys. And also wanted to catch you up on what this year has been for Miss Lyrae's podcast. There will be more. But now let's get to why we're really here. The HR HR Q&A session. Thank you guys. Clap it up for you. Woo! Clap it up for you. And you and you for submitting questions I truly appreciate everybody was too many for me to name but I am going to address each question as I can I did not have the opportunity to address everybody on this episode there will be different episodes on HR um, topics so do not worry about that this is just the first of many um, but I will get through what I can I don't want to make the episode too long but I do want to get into what this episode is about alright so let's get into some topics here the first topic i want to talk about today are interview tips so a lot of times um we want a job right we just don't know what it takes what is the hiring manager what is this hiring supervisor what is the company themselves looking for and that even goes into the beginning of the resume stage so i got asked a question about can you provide some interview tips can you provide some tips about what it takes to get that big job that I want at a Fortune $500 company or whether it be a small company? What does it take? Well, I wanna back you up a little bit from the interview process. It starts with your resume, period. We all know that networking matters as well, but let's get to just the, from the beginning of me trying to get the job to me actually selling the deal and getting the signed dotted line on an offer letter. And now I am a continued employee at this company, whether it be permanent, whether it be temporary. So starting out with your resume, You want to make sure your resume is formatted correctly. You want to make sure that it is read, uh, legible, that you are able to read it yourself, that you are able to understand it yourself, and put yourself in the mindset of them. Always trying to sell yourself in your resume is key. You want to make sure, first of all, when you're looking at a job posting, to make sure that you have the education, that you have the work experience, that you have what they are looking for. Now there are some soft skills that can be translated into this actual skills that are on the job posting. It is okay to try to match that criteria because hiring managers do realize that there are different skills that they are gonna to want to be added into their um, their company within the position that they are hiring for. And so they are open to that type of wiggle room with some of the skills not being exact, but the skills that are listed on the job posting are actually uh, translatable to a point where you could still be trained. You could still be able to be giving a training program or just some notes or any type of um, training and development that would get you to a place where you are able to do exactly what the job requires, okay? Most times, you're either going to have a job posting that wants you to have a high school diploma, a um, a bachelor's degree, or a master's degree. Whatever degree matches up with that, you wanna make sure that that is on your resume. If you have a master's degree, then you know you qualify for the position. Now, there are times when you will have preferred versus required. If it's not required, I say apply. Because just because it is a preferred degree or a preferred skill that a job posting is asking for, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you're gonna sell yourself in that interview, okay? Um, And your resume. What you want to do is see does your job experience match the key words that are in the uh, position description of the job posting. If it is, use the exact words because whenever a, a hiring manager keyword search, if they are not able to search those keywords in your resume, you will you may get looked over. If if it's that many applicants in the pool, also if they are looking for the required degree, if they're looking for people with masters and you have a bachelor's, you may want to reconsider applying for the position. If they are asking for seven plus years of experience and you only have three, you may want to reconsider um, applying for the position because. It is going to be other people who have that exact degree requirement, that educational degree requirement. It's going to be uh, the exact same people. They're going to have that seven years or more of of experience. And so, what companies tend to try to do also is not have to. Um, do a lot of training it takes a lot of money and time and if if there is someone that doesn't have the experience that they need or the education that they need and there is uh, somebody who does they're more than likely going to feel like hmm i would rather you know take this person on because I know it's not gonna take as much time it's not gonna take as much money to get this person caught up with what I need them to do in their role okay and so that starts with the resume really sell yourself really try to match what they're looking for because I can guarantee you that what they are looking for they are going to find (laughs) Um, but no seriously Um, sometimes you will get asked to do a cover letter that is your selling point as well that is where you outline your accomplishments you outline outline your hard skills you outline your soft skills you kind of give some some primary accomplishments that you had in your previous role now i know sometimes it is hard for individuals that don't have a lot of years of experience or a high level degree to be able to sell themselves when it comes to accomplishments but what you can do is put down the different accomplishments that you may have had when you were in high school. So I'm talking about the 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 individuals who have just graduated from high school and are trying to get a job. Those who are just graduating from college. What did you do in college? What awards did you receive? Um, what what uh, educational list were you on like were you in the dean's on the dean's list when you were at your undergraduate program or your master's program in high school did you uh, win any scholarships to go from high school to college um did you receive any awards for, for straight a's or straight you know a's and b's the things that you can pull really pull them because even though that high tiered level position you know may not attract to you because of that you'll have that mid-level and most times entry-level entry-level positions that will gravitate to you and don't forget it's a marathon so even if you start at an entry-level position you can still move up when I started working at UNC I started as a temporary employee and then I just kept working myself up I got into a permanent position so I started out at UNC on a temporary role for as an HR recruitment coordinator. And then I went into being a permanent employee as an administrative assistant, who was the administrative assistant for the HR team. And then I went into being an HR specialist. So I was permanent, and I've been permanent for about three years, and then I went on to working for an insurance brokerage firm, and now I'm an HR representative there. I also have my master's in business administration. And I'm working soon to get my certification in in, in HR, my PHR certification. Uh, so it took time. You know, I'm not I'm not young. I'm I'm 28 years old, and I'm still moving, still maneuvering. You know, as you can see, I moved up as I went in, along in my career, but I also knew that going in it wasn't going to be easy and it's okay to get more education you know some people feel like they don't need the education because of the cost if you feel like that's not it you have another route go into um, a certification for HR the PHR you can have I think it's um, three years of HR experience and then I think it's either two or three years and then for the The SPHR, which is the more advanced level certification for HR, but both are are great within ranking when it comes to being uh, qualified for higher level positions that pay that money. Um, But that PHR certification is good for um, those who have some experience but not maybe management level experience and those with the SPHR may have had that because they've had at least five years of experience I could take it probably next year Um, that's when I would have my um, six years I'm going on six years but not fully six years of being in the field of HR so I also worked at a background checks unit at NC State so I don't know if you've heard of that institution but I worked there as well so I am looking to really advance myself, but with my master's, I I realized that I could do a lot with that as well. Uh, with your master's, whether it be in business administration or human resources, those are two great fields that a lot of people go into when they're going to get their master's degree, their post-secondary um, degree. And I graduated with my undergraduate degree in sociology at UNC Greensboro and my master's at Columbia Southern University. So. Um, I am as you can tell highly interested in the field it's not necessarily all that I do obviously I podcast I have my candle company that I'm bringing out again soon Uh, there's a streaming platform I'm working on with my family not really gonna go into detail with all those things you will see them on this podcast trust and believe but it takes time I have a clothing brand that I want to bring out as well so it just takes time but I promise you it will come but HR is my nine to five right now and it's something that I love because I'm able to help other people and who doesn't want skills on how to get promoted who doesn't want skills on how to best go about getting a job who doesn't want skills on about how to keep a job right and so one of the next questions as we go into about keeping a job is what is turnover versus retention and what are some key ways that companies can retain employees first hat versus having high turnover rates all right so let's get into that turnovers are when you have employees who resign, you know, um, they don't get fired, but they resign from the company. High turnover rates are when you have so many turnovers within a year, within a fiscal year of the company's um, fiscal year. and there is just a high turnover rate. So many people are leaving and resigning, going to get jobs elsewhere or doing whatever, and now you have to do a whole bunch of hiring, which can cost a lot of money as well. Then you have low turnover rates where you know it seems like this season we're having our uh, an ability to not have so many people leaving people are not resigning people are not what you would call it uh, voluntarily separating from the company they are, are still here there there are people who have been here for 10 20 years versus people that are only going that have only been here for six months if you have people within six months um, and like two months of, of, of domino effect of each other where people are leaving and then return and resigning from the company, that's what you call a high turnover rate. If you have employees who are staying for 10, 20 years and you don't really see a lot of people resigning, that's what you call a low turnover rate. Okay? So then there are methods that you can put in place to make sure that you don't have high turnover rates, and that is what you call retention. And retention is when you are trying to keep your employees. You're doing different things to keep them happy, to keep them satisfied. You know, I thought about Google. Google um, has some incentives that I thought were pretty cool to have incorporated with the companies of their size where they have um, showers in their facilities, they have um, where you can work out, they have where you can take naps, they have where you can kind of work like you can have mobile working stations throughout the building. You have some companies you have your own office, your own desk, your own cubicle. It makes for that uh, mobility in the company, the flexibility to give them an opportunity to feel like they're appreciated. They have lunches catered to them. And you know, you have different companies who do different things like that as well. Like SAS does a, a large um, employee appreciation event every year where they like rent out um different vendors and they'll have like a a band come play and they'll have like vendors setting up where they'll have food and alcoholic beverages and music playing and everybody's really out there with their families and their friends and it's like a huge almost like a not like a festival but the sides of the people that are out there is like a festival um you have some companies who will have um educational assistance like tuition assistance programs where you can Uh, Get your schooling paid for maybe they'll pay for all of your schooling or they'll pay for a certain amount Like if you want to get a certification such as a PHR You can get that paid for as well or any other certification Um, and then there are some companies that have incentives where if you um, Get your degree in a certain area or if you get a certification in a certain area Then you will be able to get a promotion on your job. So that is something that A lot of companies trying to do, and and it, it is what is being put in place to retain employees. Those types of incentives are what causes an employee to feel like they are very well appreciated, well taken care of. It's the things that other companies may not have that you can provide to your employees to make them stay. That's what you keep your, that's a method of how you can keep your low turnover rates from turning into high turnover rates, okay? And then you have retention rates so retention rates are um, what I uh, what rate have we been able to retain our employees has it been at a low rate has it been at a high rate and sometimes you have companies who incorporate new programs new incentives new uh, they'll they'll uh, give salary increases pay increases promotions just so they can retain you because of your performance or because they value you as their employee and they don't want to lose you right so um, those are what you call like the difference between high turnover rates, and low turnover rates, of retention, how you can retain employees. Now let's get into retention. Sometimes you will have an employee who is thinking about leaving and they have possibly provided you with the salary that this next company, this next position will pay for them to leave your company to go to theirs. And that's when you as a a leader have to decide, okay, do I sit here and play the victim and act like I'm not about to lose this employee? Do I sit here and act like I didn't do, I didn't, maybe I didn't appreciate you as my employee this whole time. I don't know. (laughs) Or maybe I did, but it's just that this company, i was a little too slow to the ball of how i should treat my employees to kind of keep that same competition at a low level between me and another company so that's another thing you got to keep in mind don't ever forget, if you wanna have low turnover rates, if you don't wanna have a lot of people leaving your company for another company, you gotta look at what are the other companies in your industry offering to their employees. Your employees are who makes you money. Take the money that they made you, it's not all the money, maybe it's a small percentage, and invest it in appreciating them. Because the more employers you have, the more, you're, the more easier and fluctuous your business can operate, and the less you have to do, the more you can sit at home and relax, you know? <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyway, um, back to the the salary, the battle between you know, okay, I don't, I, I want to keep this employee, but this employee has now put a number, okay, in my face. So you've been paying them uh, forty-five thousand a year, right? But this next company interview them for maybe a higher position, maybe a lateral position. What is lateral? A lateral position is same job same job title same type of duties but um, you are not going to receive more pay so that gets difficult though because if you have someone who works in the public Sector who is maybe considered an HR specialist. I'm just going to use HR. HR specialist is like the next thing up from like an entry level position, but it's still entry level, but it's not as entry level as like an HR assistant or HR uh, coordinator or something like that. Then you have what you call HR specialist, then HR generalist. They kind of operate in the same depending on what industry you're in. And then you may have an employment consultant, you may have, and then you have a director of HR, a VP of HR. Anyway, if you have somebody and they come to you and they say, I've been making $45,000 as your HR coordinator, right? And I went to and got this other job promotion. So now I, 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 I applied and got an HR coordinator position in the public sector that is willing to pay me $45,000. Then I go into the private sector where they like to pay a little more and they kind of consider the tiers of their positions different. But as an HR assistant here, I can make 50,000. Now, an HR assistant and an HR coordinator are the same when it comes to the level of entry into this HR field, okay? So what are you gonna do with that? (laughs) Wait. What are you going to do what are you going to do when it comes between your position and what you're going to pay and what they're going to pay what you going to do so the reality is you've either got to match the pay or you've got to say i'm done because most employees are not going to stay if you do not match the pay or go above the pay. A lot of times companies will go above the pay because there could be other reasons why that employee started looking for a job in the first place. And maybe you don't have those other incentives as well, so you kinda gotta outnumber this person on the salary end of the stick. So now you maybe wanna pay them 52, right? It's not a lot more than what they are gonna get this offer for this other company, but it's a little bit more to make them say, hmm, I'll pay you 52. You do the same duties, Maybe I'll give you Fridays off. You kept that employee because if not, now you have to spend two weeks to a month, maybe two months, depending on what the applicants look like out there in that time period. And what if they leave the company? What if they're trying to leave the company at a time where people are not really looking for jobs, where you don't really, you have all of this unclouded, um, applicant pools because nobody's really looking for jobs there's this there's a time here what is around the time of Christmas right people are actually staying within their positions and they're not applying for new jobs because they're kind of set they're kind of solidified and and they're, they've gotten the job that they wanted because they realized they needed this type of job around Christmas time to kind of pay for what they want for their kids for their families whatever and so they're good they're settled They don't really want to go through the interviewing process. They don't really want to go through getting dressed up and having to look a certain way and going out here and trying to impress people. Nobody likes to interview. Let's be real. Like I I work in HR, but interviewing is like one of the most annoying parts of the um, application process on my end as an employee, as a candidate versus HR. I hate it because it's like so stressful you're trying to impress people you don't even know you know you're great you know you're awesome but guess what now you've got to show them why you're awesome so now let's move into the interview stage now that we're talking about that the interview stage is where you have to show who you are one of the things you want to do is of course dress very professional Of course, you want to make sure you're groomed to the T, but you want to be as professional as possible. Friendly, not too friendly. Just an even-keeled professional and friendly. And so, for instance, if you go in and you're talking to the person who set up your interview or, you know, the receptionist, you don't want to come in. You don't want to come in by the receptionist and not speak and not be cordial. Why? That is the first point of contact. And they more than likely are going to ask you. How did she greet you, was she nice, et cetera, et cetera. Why, because that means that you value every level of employee, it doesn't matter who or what position it is. That's your first introductory to impress the company. Then you're gonna have to move into the hiring supervisor. You're gonna have a selection committee of maybe three or four people. It may be that, that hiring supervisor supervisor is there. That hiring supervisor supervisor is there. You might be talking to the president of the company depending on what position you apply for or at least the VP, the vice president, okay? And so you gotta come with your A game. You want to be, again, polite but not too friendly, right? So when you're answering your questions, you want to go with a method of the answering the question, giving the um, solution if there's a problem solution question that you're answering, and then giving the results. Like if you have a problem solution question where they ask you, for instance, um, as an employee uh, who has to work in a very stressful environment, what would you do and or what what have you done give me a time where you had to face a customer who was irate and not trying to cooperate you would have to give the scenario of the issue because they're looking one they're looking to see what your problem solving skills are but they're also looking to see are you lying because we as we know a lot of times we get in an interview and we're really not telling the truth so are you lying this is what shows that you're not you give a solution you give your problem you give your solution and you give the results of what it was who cares if it's a lie at the end of the day just give the darn solution and result of what the solution was for instance there was a time when i was as an hr specialist where an employee came into our office very irate because i did not complete an i-9 with them as quickly as they would have liked me to I explained to them that the I-9 had to be completed by the specific deadline I did not want them to not have an opportunity to start on time and possibly not have a job I am sorry that they feel like I wasted their time during this process is there anything that I can do to help them speed up the remainder of the process of their onboarding is there something I can do to Give them some guidance, some an additional assistance to ensure that they do not have any hangups in the rest of the hiring process as is. If they express that, then I, and, and, and if the person expresses it, you gotta tell the truth. You tell them, yes, it, they express that, and now at this point, They asked me to help them with figuring out which documents needed to go where so far as their tax withholding forms. I made sure that I set up a meeting with that individual. They came by my office. I helped them fill out all their new hire paperwork, not just their tax withholding forms, just to make sure it all got done in the same day and not having to wait until a week later because they still have questions. And I made sure that the paperwork got submitted on time. They were set up in the system effectively on the start date as long as ha- as well as having their I-9 completed in time. And as a result, they came by and they thanked me and they uh, sent my supervisor an email about how well and how uh, calm I was whenever they were not just, they were just frustrated with the process, but they were also feeling as though I cared about seeing them have a better experience as their onboarding process took place as a new employee. See how I gave the problem? The employee was irate because they felt like they were being mistreated due to their time when it came to getting the things they need to get done for their onboarding. So far as getting hired on with us um, as accurately as possible, I gave a solution. So I sat with them, met with them, became more specific and became more relatable to them to where they were able to see that I was willing to go above and beyond just to keep this employee from A, not wanting to work for us and they've only been, uh, they haven't even started, or two, they just go and go to the second position that they were thinking about going to uh, either way. And then I gave the solution, I mean, I gave the results of how they felt They express themselves to even my supervisor, which is always a good look. All right, so those are are different things you want to do. You want to fully answer the question. You want to give your three methods. Um, You want to make sure that you leave thank you notes after your interview, whether that's a phone interview, whether that's an in-person interview. For me, I feel like for a phone interview, you want to leave a card. You know, simply a card, have it with you on the day that you go for the interview. So when you walk out, you can leave that with your recept- with the receptionist and they can hand those out to the people on the selection committee. You can either do one and address the whole selection committee as a whole, or you can do individual ones where each one gets their own individual thank you cards. Um, so, I'm sorry, that's your in-person interview. For your phone interview, you will want to do a thank you note email so you will want to include everybody who interviewed you on the phone whether it be one two three four or five sometimes it can get that big um, depending on what the, the department feels that their needs are the company feels that their needs are to figure out who is the better candidate for the position and so once you do that that can leave a real good imprint but what does the thank you note include so Most times you want to go back and highlight, especially when you're seeing an email and you have the space to do so. You wanna go back and highlight the key things, and you can do this in a card as well. Um, The key thing, you just do it in a different way so that it can fit on the card. Um, The key things that you feel like um, made your interviews a success in your eyes, you hope that it will do the same in their eyes. All right, so those are your key interview tips for starting from resume to you being able to go into the interview and kill it. And also how you can (coughs) seal the deal so far as giving your thank you notes and your thank you cards to those who have interviewed you. And then after that, it's just, you gotta wait, you know? Pass the background check, you wait, right? And there's a process, so keep in mind that it can take a while, and the reasoning is a person has to, they have to meet a couple times, they have to interview with the other candidates, um, if they select you that could take two weeks to figure out who they want to select or It could take a month dependent um, And then they may decide and then they send you a background check You may have had to have two or three interviews before they even made that decision Then if you pass a background check They're getting the offer together. They may have you know taken their time and not done what they were supposed to do and actually been having the offer already in writing Um so that they can retain you as quickly as possible so that another company doesn't scoop you up. But if they do it the right way, that they should have already been doing that as the background check was submitted, right? And so you pass the background check, now you have to do your onboarding paperwork, and now you are hired employee. So those are the, are the, the different um, aspects of hiring. You go from, I gave you the employee's perspective where you will interview, I gave you the perspective of a hiring manager of that process and what it looks like. Now, let's get into some questions that were sent to me as well, in addition to what we went over. Um, thank you to everyone who submitted the questions about the different things we've talked about so far. Uh, before we get into that, I want to point out this book. This is a book I studied when I was in my master's program, and it is um, a very good book for employment law. So, it's just something you really want to understand if you're talking about going into business. Uh, those laws you want to keep a handle on so that you can make sure that you are not being put in litigation um, against one of your employees or a prior employee. So it's called Employment Law for Human Resource Practice. It is by David Walsh. If you want to get some information on how to get that, you can go to the uh, website of Gage Learning Legal Studies and Business Academic Series. Um, Gage is where you can go. It is made by their company, but it is called Employment Law for Human Resources Practice. All right? So that is one this is one of my good books that I refer to anytime I have to deal with some intense employee relations issues and making sure that we're staying out of litigation. Um, if that person does pursue a litigation trial against us, then we need to be ready to figure out how we're going to face it. You want to have an attorney as well. You don't want to go into business. Um, if uh, without having someone that can back you up if you don't already know employment law. So either have your background knowledge in it, have a great HR person that has it, uh, or have you an attorney. I believe you should have both because HR keeps you out of litigation, but just in case some things were just missed or they just have a case and they want to go out there and, and fight it, you want to have an attorney on hand because HR is not... Um, Uh, uh, Required to go to court with you and represent you in court but they can keep you out of litigation by making sure that all the laws are being followed and different documentation is being able to be there present for court cases to back you up just in case you do have to go for that purpose another book i uh, like to go into reading and i uh, read this when i was in school for my master's is the labor relations process this is by um, holly jennings and Walt walters and so this is a book that i used when i studied in my master's program as well gave me a lot of key points on what the labor relations process looks like so it kind of pertains to employee relations um, but also it pertains to the process in general um, and not just the different issues that go on in employee relations all right so let's get into some more questions and then we'll end out the episode i hope that this episode was helpful so far and has been so far and hopefully the last bit of information i give you here will be helpful um and then we'll end this out all right your coworker worker or your friend get a job great but when you get to work you're going to have to know how to separate the two And as long as you can do that, as long as you can separate that this is not play time, work time, I mean home time, this is work time, we can have fun all day outside of work. When we get to work, let's just kind of separate that. Let's come here to work, and then after we're gone, we're gone for the day, okay? So that's just my tip on whether an HR professional can have friends at work and why they can't and why they kind of have to tread the line and also why employees should kind of tread that line as well depending on what their abilities are with separating the two, okay? So let's get to the next question, this is good. I definitely enjoyed reading these questions because I felt like uh, whatever answer I could give would be helpful and I hope that it is uh, to you guys as you're listening in. So the next question is, Do managers listen to HR? The answer to that question is, the answer to that question is um, yes, managers do get along well with HR representatives, but not all the time. Um, What are the times when HR and and managers tend to clash? Typically in a hiring process. Um, The reason is, is because nine times out of 10, applicants do not understand the process therefore they are confused about why things are taking as long as they are for a person to get employed Um, but then you have hiring managers who are not as familiar with the process as you would think they would be or that they should be the reality is they're just not right but that doesn't mean that they can't be so we as an HR representative it is our duty to it is our duty to make sure that we explain that process, give them a time frame. give them a process workflow chart that kind of tells them how long to expect each process to take. It may take two weeks for a background check. It could take just a day. That's a variable situation because it depends on the um, resident history of where somebody's lived, how many names they had before they got to you, um, if they've gotten their name changed, if they have had their um, addresses changed a, a million times. It just depends. Um, it can depend on the interviewing process, how long it took for a hiring manager to get to a decision of hiring someone. It may take um, a certain amount of time for the onboarding paperwork to get processed through the system like it should. Um, it may take an applicant a while before they sign the offer letter and. and a hiring manager is really rooting for getting this position filled as quickly as possible. Well, that can make a hiring manager a little antsy because they're not really sure. And in that process, the the candidate is communicating more with you as HR representative or um, with the person who is handling recruitment for that company. And they may not be explaining that to you of what's going on in the back end, but you have to trust your HR. You have to trust that they are doing what they need to do because they realize their jobs are on the line as well if they don't do what they are supposed to do to get this person hired in a timely manner. So it's a matter of trust. Um, that's where you kind of have to build um, between an, a, a manager and an HR in order to get that level of ne- them being able to work well together. Um, that's with any relationship you have to have to build a relationship maybe you have to show them how long a process takes why a person can't get a salary increase because there's no real justification such as they're doing more duties than they regularly do in their position now that may give me a justification the position has stretched it's grown beyond what we initially hired the person for and so now that we've seen the work which is considered performance we can now pay, pay them additional pay based on merit some people may top that off just by just doing a one-time bonus some people may pay a, a increase to your salary and then change your job title to a promotional uh, higher title in, in your field and so that can be um, an issue as well because hiring managers are like all i know is this person has been doing well but i have to find a way to justify that to hr and those who are on the board who makes those financial decisions to be able to say okay my employee can get this salary increase based on this 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 and this and what are the criteria and maybe that's something i can answer for you in the next episode but what are the criteria that solidifies that salary increase that promotion that you want to give your employee employees how do you get a promotion so that's something we can talk about on another episode um we have already ran our time for this episode and i truly appreciate everybody for listening in everybody who submitted questions trust me i have more questions to answer but we have run our time out i just want to say thank you to everybody i hope you have an amazing start to your year i know that you're going to do great and amazing things i think Thank you again for all of the support that you've given me so far and the ability to be able to sit here and do what? Inspire you, cultivate you, and socially aware you. That is all that I aspire to do as I am. We are the number one in inspirational, cultural, social, and, and cultural. Let me say that again. We are the number one in inspirational, cultural, and social awareness podcasting. Thank you again for tuning in with Miss Ray. This was... Q&A session number one on HR and employee relations and employment law. We will be cultivating you again. But for now, thank you for taking a second scope into the culture of my podcast. Love you all. Wow.